Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. All right, so we maybe have missed the memo or didn't get the voicemail, but this is the weekend edition of Wrestle Radio Network. We're doing afternoon shows, folks. We are. But uh, remember the name. I missed something, but, uh, wait. And during the few moments that I have left, I like to talk right down to earth in the language here that every wrestling fan can understand. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Personality. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the weekend edition of Wrestle Radio Network, where it is myself, and we've got a wonderful reversal of roles here for one hot take featuring Pizza Simpson and me asking the questions this weekend. But first, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show of a very loyal, and I mean very, very loyal co-host. <clears throat> He's my favorite, I gotta say. Welcome, ladies and gents, Pizza Simpson. Good Lord. Technical difficulties. Pizza Simpson in the building. All right, brother. What's going on? Oh, you know, living, living, living the dream, baby. And uh, (laughs) that's a lot of us, though. But, you know, we have a really... Insightful edition of Wrestle Radio Network for the weekend, and we're trying this new thing called afternoon uh, discussions about none other than professional wrestling. So, right out the gate, let's see here. Ah, yes, let me see. Let me see. Oh, goodness. Okay, so first and foremost, before we get anything started, 
Wrestling Loss is another great member in its community, and that ring in heaven starts to get a lot bigger. If we're going to have 10 seconds of silence, stand by for station identification and loving memory of the late and great, beautiful Bobby Eaton. 10 seconds for station identification. Please pause and bow your heads, ladies and gentlemen. A moment of silence for the great and beautiful, um, momentous, never forgotten Bobby Eaton. All right, so first and foremost, we're going to have ourselves a little something new. I haven't done this in a while. I know it's an old theme, but actually, I might as well play the old theme until I get the new theme uploaded. But um, we're going to have a SmackDown Live review. So if you could, Joe Blows in the truck, you know, kick it old school for a second. I do not own the rights to the former theme of World Wrestling Entertainment SmackDown Live. All rights reserved. World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated, 2021. Yep. So hit my hit the music. SmackDown Live, that's one of my favorite shows in WWE thus far. So, a lot happened, a lot has happened. So, yes, Roman Reigns and the Usos look tall. Finn Balor, you know, tried but failed. But it's just, I think it's it's one of those things that you cannot negate. They're going to start the Finn Balor-Roman Reigns thing of uh, feuding. Which makes sense, so no one ever. But anyways, I digress. <clears throat> okay, so obviously, where are my notes? Oh, here we are. Found it. I found me notes, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see here. Let's start off with then, now and forever, the intro as usual. Natasha Banks <clears throat> made her way to the ring. And Michael Cole is getting back on the bandwagon um, like he normal does, normally does, whether he hates Sasha, loves Sasha. It's boss time, yeah. And um, let's see here. Wait, is this is this for real? Wait, wait, wait. What's this? Oh, okay, cool. So then it shows um, a video package, if you will, where Sasha Banks has seen. Attacking Bianca Belair, why? Okay, so she exposed Bianca Belair for the fraud that she was, supposedly, blah, blah, blah. Moving on, moving forward, I don't want to spend too much time. So, <clears throat> let's see, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos made their way to the ring. Uso will face Dominic Mysterio. That match, oh, Lord, it wasn't bad. It's just there was little hiccups at the end, and... I'll move forward from that. <clears throat> Let's see here. 
Oh, I have some more notes on it, apparently. So, let me see here what I wrote. Um, Jay Uso goes to top rope, hits the splash. Come on, boys, spice it up a little bit, man. You're a splash, you get a splash as a healer face, but fucking make it interesting. That's all I'm saying. Um, John Cena congratulates The Rock for success on movies. Who cares? And then a championship contenders match King Nakamura, Rick Boogs versus the Intercontinental Champion Apollo Crews with Commander Aziz. A sneeze. I'm sorry. I, um, just force a habit when I say that dude's name. He's a very big, intimidating uh, fellow, but uh, anyways, so there's a highlight package showing a Commander Aziz and uh, it showed him beating the ever-living crap out of Boogs. i sorry. Change his name, please. I don't think I could take him seriously if he became... Ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome your WWE champion, Rick Boogs. Sorry, I just, it just, the name, it, it's ringing in my head is bad. Um, so anyways, the bell rings, and Apollo Crews and Nakamura already exchanging blows. And then, let's see, Nakamura needs them in the midsection, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to the good, I knew this was going to happen. I even said it during the show. I was like, disqualification, because there's two managers out there, two uh, two valets or whatever you want to call themselves. Then uh, Nakamura kicked Aziz, throwing Cruz right off back onto him. And anyway, so Caleb Braxton is outside the head of the table's dressing room, Roman Reigns. And then you see another video package featuring John Cena talking about his SummerSlam opportunity, which... Okay, whatever. Then Paul Heyman walks out after that video highlight and says, John Cena is thieving oxygen from Reigns on the island of relevancy. So is Paul Heyman in a long roundabout way saying, you're stealing my client's thunder? Kind of, sort of. I mean, it's nice to have somebody back that we know he's consistently going to be the way he is, and I don't give two you-know-whats, but then the commercial break, and then you had women's tag team champion Tamina holding both belts with Natalia, who is injured again. Bianca Belair, uh, Zelina Vega, let's see here, women's tag, yeah, there was a women's tag team champion with, versus Tegan Knox with Shotzi Blackheart. So in other words, a handicap, really? Yeah, I I know. I just I'm one of those guys that just thinks to myself, wow, how many more times can Natalia get hurt? But then again, you know, this is main roster, so not a shocker. I mean, Natalia's a great competitor and all, but I digress. So this turns into a handicap match, and well, let me just point this out though. When you have two on one, or not, yeah, so, it was a one-on-one, sorry, my bad. Tegan Knox with Shotzi Blackheart, and 
don't know why they're turning these people heels. I, I just don't get it. Every NXT person's a bad guy. And it's like, I give up. So, Pinfall, Tegan Knox because he takes advantage off the distraction. And then Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville are seen back there with Zelina Vega. And then Belair, just blah, blah, blah. So, Vega can earn her way to the championship. Blah, blah, blah is what Pierce and Sonya Deville were saying. Long story short, Edge thanked Tampa for great, you know, pop that he got. Whoop-dee-doo. So, Seth Rollins laughing his annoying laugh. Ha, 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 I don't know. And it's just kind of uh, one of them laughs that makes you go, wow, Seth Rogen has a better laugh than Seth Rollins. But I, you know. Watching this show wasn't bad, folks. It wasn't bad. The other entire night, I was like, wow, this is actually compelling TV. Somewhat. And then Caleb Braxton is with Finn Balor. He felt like he was robbed of his SummerSlam opportunity. So the Street Profits make their way to Jesus Christ. Can they make up their minds where they're going to put these two? <clears throat> Tag team match of the Street Profits, Montez Ford and or Angelo Dawkins versus Ziggler and Robert Roode. This should have been a number one contenders match. Um, this match was very fast paced. I mean, Montez Ford's high flying, you know, slippy flippy shit, you know, like slingshot suicide dives, and then Ziggler, you know, doing their kicks and whatnot. Um, there was a flapjack. That was pretty cool that, you know, Dawkins hit. I wrote that in my notes, but I also put that the Street Profits won. So there's that. Then a championship contenders match for the women's would be so wait, wait, wait. So <clears throat> Bianca Belair versus Alina Vega. How is that okay? This match actually wasn't bad and Vega's gotten a lot better with with uh, female competitors instead of just, you know, her normal interference spots that she did with Andrade and the men. So the winner was Bianca Belair, who hit the KOD. And okay, so we have Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. <clears throat> this was this was obviously has turned into squashing Corbin. I'm not opposed to that. I don't care for Corbin. So Corbin grabbed him by the throat. Balor hits a sling blade, okay. Then he hit his woo drop kick. Got up on top. Then he hit the coup de grace. One, two, three. I'm always glad when that happens because I never, <laughs> never, ever want that to be the problem. So then, <clears throat> let's see here. Balor said if he had to go through Cena. After the match, he picked up a mic and said, if I have to go through John Cena to get my opportunity at a championship, I will. And I don't blame him because the man literally suffered a lot while he's been on main roster. So, um, okay, learn to fast forward this shit. Reigns takes off his jacket, and I'm not going to – I took down my notes. Like, it was a beatdown because it was three-on-one. So – I, you know, overall, SmackDown at least told the story. Yes, there are more matches than talking. There are a few uh, backstage interviews, and there are still highlight packages. But overall, 
I thought it compensated for a nice show, especially with a crowd. That makes it all the more better because you have genuine reactions. So, SmackDown Live, kudos to you. You did a great job. Um, <coughs> you have guys like Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman running around and the Usos doing their thing. One of them not getting DUIs. Wink, wink. I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it was a, um, I think it was a solid show. Could it have been better in certain areas? Yes. But other than that, I really don't have anything else to report on besides, you know, good job, Blue Brand. All right. So, moving on. Let's see. Bray Wyatt. Now, let's focus on logistics of what's going on. We've got a gentleman that was released. It's not because of the non-compete clause. It's because we don't know the full insight as to why. And if my partner in crime has any details, please let me know because I just so desperately would like to understand from another person's perspective as to why was You know, my whole thing, what I've, what, what I've read is it's just a money thing. And with everybody who's being cut, Everybody with a big contract is being pretty much fired right now, and that's just the trend. They're going cheaper. Uh, yeah, I've I've read several articles as well, and there's some different takes on what really happened. It's nothing to do with. Vince hating Bray, Bray hating it out for Vince. I'm pretty sure he's laughing his ass off at some of those rumors. But I just want to, from a personal perspective, and I know a lot of people feel strongly about Bray. This this guy, yeah, he didn't have to be told, can you turn your gimmick into a little bit more twisted, a little more sinister, a little bit more psychotic, a little bit off the wall. I feel like... They WWE, even though they had to let go because of budget cut, I still feel that letting go of Bray Wyatt was a huge mistake. And you guys should have offered him the sun, the moon, and the stars because bringing back John Cena, okay, whatever. The Rock, I heard, is coming back, and I hope to God you guys do not fall prey to victim for this match, but I, I have a feeling it's going to happen. Um, Edge, Rock. Cena, Roman Reigns as part of the fucking marquee for WrestleMania 39 or 38, I'm sorry. And I just, i sorry guys, but like letting Bray Wyatt go because you wanted to bring back certain people so you can make room for paying them. I mean, that's just a big shock right there because look at how much audience, how, how much audiences were drawn in by Bray Wyatt. Even when he was with the Wyatt family, that was like uh, a cross between Charles Manson meets, you know, I, I don't want to compare his gimmick to The Undertaker, 
But the next scary gimmick when line to pass or to have the torch passed to him was Bray Wyatt. And you guys dropped the ball every fucking time. I mean, it it doesn't matter if he won a championship, what matters is like he was so over. It was it was unreal how a mid carter from NXT that was plucked just turned his shit in to like from a thousand to a silk purse. That's how valuable Bray Wyatt was from a personal perspective, and I'm just annoyed as fuck because it's like, so who's going to be your heel dynamic outside of Roman Reigns? Who? Outside of him, you have Randy Orton, who's always a fucking tweener, and three, oh, God, you know, I could name off heels that suck balls, that if you elevated them, it still wouldn't make a difference because you don't have... Guys that can go outside their comfort zone and make a character more believable than it already is. I mean, Cesaro could, but that's not, I mean, he's not Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry, but I like gimmicks that fly off the fucking handle and make me go, damn, I want to get their shit. I want to get their merchandise. I want to buy the ticket just to see what Bray Wyatt was going to do next on the Firefly Funhouse. At first, I was like, what the hell is this? And then when he had the puppet that kind of referenced, cross-referenced Vince McMahon, wow. They let go of that treasure? So that's all I got on that, because I can go on and on and on. You know, it feels like Bray Wyatt always was always the the fall guy. He was the guy who was fed to the to the big face to move move the face along to the next level. And now that he doesn't fit into their plans, they cut him loose. I just, I yeah, it's like because they completely botulized the whole WrestleMania thing where they cut Alexa ties between him and Alexa, like. Wow, you guys had so much momentum going with that story. I don't understand. I never understand what direction creative is going with this because you cut ties with the good stories. There's constant debate. Now it's the money thing. I'm like, and then on top of that, I'm going to save it for uh, one hot take because there are certain things going around, um, like the whole. Like I said, I'll save that for later, but with Bray gone, it just seems like that's like every rug from every superstar was cut out from under them. It's just like some people may not care. They do because that dude rarely said anything. He was very humble, and they're like – there are certain things that reminded me of like Brian Pillman meets, you know, uh, I hate using this reference, but um, the best way to compare, to contrast, be like uh, Kevin, or Kevin something, Kevin Sullivan. So Kevin Sullivan um, meets, you know, Charles Manson meets Brian Pillman. And if you want to add a big guy that could actually maneuver himself like Bray Wyatt, I mean, Bray's character could have fit in in, well, a few eras. Maybe not so much the 80s cartoon era, but maybe like the 
early 90s when Papa Shango was around and The Undertaker. But it also could evolve itself. His character could evolve itself in today's wrestling. When he did the whole montage with Cena at 30, yeah, in WrestleMania 36. What really irked me, though, was at one point in time, John Cena said, well, I'll go ahead and put Bray over. Yes, asshole. You put him over after the fact that you went to fucking Hollywood. And this is what irritates me. You build, build, build Bray Wyatt up to be this super bad, villainous, I'm messing with the Undertaker's head. I'm playing mind games back with mind games. And then you cut that short, but let you let Roman Reigns and Lesnar take it. Lesnar was a different story. I get it. But then, what's his name? Roman Reigns didn't want to do it either. But I'm just saying, guys that should be on the list to make headlines, even where, regardless of where he goes, that's hard, but this would be the opportunity for AEW to take um, a, a new signing because I think Bray, you know, has a lot on his mind right now, and I don't know which direction it's going, but what WWE just did, and I said this last week, ooh-wee, you guys made a big mistake. Yeah, I think losing Bray Wyatt might be a might be a hasty decision. I think he could be kind of a wrestler you can build around for the future. I mean, not so much right now with the big guy, big names coming in because we all know how fragile you know Goldberg and Cena's egos are. If you don't stroke their egos, then. God forbid, you know, this is just me. They're probably nice dudes, and I'm not debating this, but I'm sick and tired of every time the stories fall flat, let's bring in a big name. Come on. It, it, you're like, well, that's great marketing. So was Bray Wyatt, and he fucking killed it. Like, they do everything that's good and decent. They're like, well, Alexa Bliss wants to leave. Oh, that's going to kill the women's division. I've been told that apparently after she found out about Bray's release it kind of shocked her to the core it's like wow you, she, once she really enjoyed working with Bray and she said it wasn't you know it wasn't like you normally are paired with somebody and oh you're going to be working with them for at least six months minimum and we'll just see the crowd's reaction well now you have a crowd so what are you going to start hearing we want Bray back I mean, I guarantee you, some of the crowds on the East Coast are going to start chanting that. And not only that, they're going to Madison Square Garden in September without The Fiend. Uh-oh, I think people are going to start selling their tickets on the streets. I'm just telling you, Vince and them know how rough the East Coast crowds, not just them, the West Coast, the Midwest, Bray had a fucking cult following. And you know how rare that is amongst professional wrestlers? It's rare. So, folks, I'm going to stop myself from going way off tangent. And we're going to move along and discuss Cody Rhodes' departure after his match with uh, Malachi Black, who got a lot of heat for attacking Cody from behind after that match was done. And I'm thinking to myself, 
Cody was just doing the best thing he could, but, I mean, he's going to be a judge again on another TV show, so really him leaving, that's kind of a joke because you know he'll be back. I just don't know when. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was kind of fishy and thought it was kind of funny, like he was just fishing for sympathy and wanted his butt kissed. We all know that he's going to be back, and it was a little bit melodramatic. So when Malachi when Malachi Black came back out and cracked him with this when the when he cracked him with the crutch, I laughed. Let's talk about the whole show, though. Yes. That's Let's get into the AE. W review, my friend. We'll get to the Cody Rhodes Malachi Black situation. AEW August fourth, Juventus Guerrero versus Guerrero versus Chris Jericho in stage one of the stages of labor for the MJF. I thought it was pretty cool to see Juventus back on TV versus Chris Jericho, even though they're up there in age. What do you feel? Oh, uh, man, Hoovy can still go, though. That's the thing. Um, from what I, what I saw with his match Jericho, I was like, well, it may not be, they may not be spring chickens anymore, but, man, alive. I'm so shocked. I was like, damn, I haven't seen you on TV in forever and a day. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that Hoovy came out with a mask on, and I liked the finish, which was a Judas effect from the top rope. It looks pretty cool. Chris Jericho spinning in the air like that. And then there was a death triangle promo with Andrade, I didn't watch that. I I don't really like promos. And then there was another promo with uh, Sad Adam Page breaking up with the Dark Order, which I felt was unnecessary. And I don't really need to see more Sad Adam Page. I feel like why not just let him ride with the fucking Dark Order and do that. That's enough. You know, what do you feel, bro? Did, did you see what? Did you see that shit? Again, like Adam, they're trying to convert Adam Page's character, whatever. Um, they really trying to make him be the Lone Ranger, be like, okay, so he's starting to be like DDP, didn't really accept help from anybody, always, you know, being on your own. That's fine. We've seen that gimmick a thousand freaking times. And I just, me personally speaking, I didn't pay attention to the Dark Circle or whatever, but the Dark Order, I this is going to throw a theory into here. A lot of people have been saying that, um, well, we talked about them earlier in the show, and I'm going to mention it again. So, Bray Wyatt, anybody? I mean, if Eggman just left and Bray signs, and right there. Yeah, I liked uh, 
I I don't know. I want to see them pull the trigger with Adam Page, but I always feel it's one step forward, three steps back with Adam Page. And I don't know. I really I I personally want to see Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. That's the only match I want to see Adam Page do. I, that's the only thing I want to see him do right now. Next up, we had the new team of uh, 2.0 who is coming in from NXT who was just recently released. They were known as Everrise. They were also known in Shikara as 3.0, but now they landed in AEW as 2.0, and they brought Daniel Garcia with him, who's with them, who's from the Limitless promotion. He, Daniel Garcia, has a nice, nice record of matches on IWTV. So it was nice to see Daniel on TV. The team was taking on the all-star team of Darby Allen and Eddie Kingston and John Moxley with Sting in the corner. Obviously, this went in the good guy's way. Yeah, it did. And, <clears throat> well, all I can say is sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And wrestling, it just depends, you know, what the, you know, what the settings are. So, and by uh, my opinion, the match was great. You know, it had a good story to tell. It told a story. Um, where's my notes? Okay, I found my notes. Yeah, I was actually shocked to see 2.0. I was like, I recognized one of them, and that's because I think they, I saw one of them at a Revolver show. I forget. Oh, okay, Garcia was a, yeah. Anyways, moving forward. Let's see. What else happened on this event? Um. So after after the All Star team of Mox Kingston and Darby Allen picks up the win with a sick double arm DDT and then a nice little coffin drop, we got a we got a uh, Taz and Brian Cage promo. I don't want to see that. And then we got another promo from the Elite. Again, I don't want to see that. Christian Cage versus the Butcher. Obviously, Christian Cage won. Do you have anything to add to this boring ass match? Christian Cage versus the Butcher. No, I really didn't. I fell asleep during that match. I'm sorry. Okay, cool. I'll take the reins from here. Santana and Ortiz gave a nice little fired-up promo, which I enjoyed. Britt Baker comes out and does her thing and has her promo with Tony Schiavone, and Britt Baker only gets a couple words in before Red Velvet comes out to challenge her. No way I was watching this. I fast-forwarded that. I pray to God that's not on a pay-per-view, and that's on Dynamite. Andrade had a promo. Again, you know what I did, fast-forward. 
Another another uh, Adam Page and Elite promo. This show is a lot of fast forwarding. Then we got to Miro versus Lee Johnson for the TNT title, and this was kind of slow at first, but this really showed that Lee Johnson is not ready for this kind of match and this kind of match on television. <coughs> Well, let's see. Um, well, there's, like I said, there's probably one or two moments before that that I was paying attention to those, uh, the promo. What else did I write in my notes? Um, uh, okay, so Christian Cage won his match. Okay, awesome. It wasn't that spectacular to tell a story, Christian Cage type match. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Red Velvet counter to Baker. Hey Velvet, can you do us some of us a favor and, uh, well, clamp that dentist mouth shut? Because I don't like Britt Baker. I never have. I don't care for her. Never did. Um, so either you or somebody. In that women's locker room can keep her gimp. That'd be great. Um, let's see. Personally okay. speaking, Andre Andrade El Idolo. Um, I wrote some notes on that. I was like, hmm. you know, dude, there's a name that popped up in my mind, Fuego del Sol. That dude is, I'm familiar with him from the Oklahoma Territories when he worked for uh, WFC, Wrestling for Charity, or whatever his name is, in Oklahoma with the promotion of Tim Rockwell. And uh, who else? So, kind of cool to see him on TV, for me at least. And then... The Elite confronting Hangman Adam Page. Um, not really sure quite what to make of that, other than wow, no thank you. Um, I just I feel okay. So we wanted you said you wanted Omega versus Page. I think in my okay, it says some of my notes. Teaser for a future match. Don't think it will happen just yet, but I think they're going to showcase it sometime later. Yes, because that's on hold because Adam Page's wife is due to have a baby in the time that the pay-per-view was scheduled, so they called an audible and pulled Adam Page from the match. Where did I leave off? So Miro versus Lee Johnson ends with Miro winning by submission and then kind of getting creepy with Lee Johnson after he taps him out or beats him by knockout with the the camel clutch and whispers, I love you, in his ear. He's uh, taking the uh, God's champion to a whole nother level. I like it because it made me feel weird, and if wrestling makes you feel something, that's good. So, 
Yes. Let's see. What's the, I'm not listening to the commentary on this show, so I have the radio on because nobody on this show is entertaining. And in, then we had Layla Hirsch versus The Bunny. The winner of this match gets a, gets a shot at the NWA women's title com, uh, being held by Camille. I enjoyed this match, and I think that The Bunny has good facials, and I, I enjoyed that she was shocking for the camera. The winner of this match was Layla Hirsch, who won by a fucking sick fucking arm bar. And Jade, uh, I mean, um, Camille came in and had her stare down with Layla Hirsch. And uh, Camille has a gigantic size differential. So. It's it's fun to see AEW working with the NWA promotion. I think it is, too, because it's nice to have something else other than your own promotion working each other. So it adds depth, it adds interest, it adds intrigue, also adds some new fan base or fan bases, you know, from that promotion. So I like it. Yeah, I liked it too, and good for them. Next up, we got a Jade Cargill promo, and that's cool. And in the main event, Malachi Black destroyed Cody and won with that sick-ass roundhouse and knocked his whole ass out and dropped him. Uh, Malachi Black, a.k.a. Tommy End, looked Fucking strong as fuck. I think that it was you know, good to see him back to form. Um, this is not just NXT, folks. Okay. I think this match actually showcased him for what he should have been when he got called up to me. But I digress. I think this match was great. Told the story. Perfect ending. Cody's on his way out. People are booing the fuck out of him. Great. Music to my ears. That is what his character is supposed to be in the first place. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed that match, and I enjoyed that Cody lost because I sure enough thought that I sure enough thought that Cody was going to win that and looks strong like he always does. It just, it just, okay, so a lot of people like to credit themselves for booking for themselves. Like, for the first time, that show did not showcase the people who normally do that. Cody, Chris, yes, Jericho, I said it. You book for yourself. Um, it just seems like this show really flowed really well. And the ending was perfect. You know, he roundhouse kicked him. They also gave it a perfect send-off instead of Cody going out, you know, and off into the sunset, and I'll be back, folks. It was, man, I can't believe, you know, Malachi Black just stomped the ever-living shit out of Cody. Ooh, because now that has a perfect fucking build. Yeah, 
Malachi Black is going to reign over AEW pretty strong. He had a pretty nice nice introduction. I think uh, we got some good fun stuff coming up. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it with AEW. I think AEW is interesting for me about or not following the elite. Well, the elite's a different story, my friend. I mean, that's just the consistency of guys that already entered in, you know, their big names like Santana, Ortiz, Hager, uh, Jericho. I'm not talking about just those, you know, gentlemen. They're like, that's not the elite. I said, I don't care. There's a list of guys that I listed down after the show that I was just like, no, it's not that they're not talented. It's that sometimes they feel like they truly do look for just themselves, and it may not seem like they're doing it, but they are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not. There's no secret to it. I mean, you can can deny it all you want. The AEW's did a fantastic job for this show. I mean, the surprise with Hoovy, I was like, wow, I haven't seen you in forever in a day. Yeah, it was definitely fun to see Juventus Guerrero. Let's move on from AEW, my friend. Boy. Let's see what we got. What's on next on the docket? Next on the docket, my friend. So, you know what, folks? It's that time, and this time I am close to my music. I'm not driving like a maniac on the road. I uh, believe, my friend, let me just mute this here for a second because I don't want it to go off. Okay, so <laughs> I'm playing. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, this is the segment of the show where there will be three minutes on the clock once the advertisement goes away. That's making me want barbecue, this damn freaking... French's mustard. Okay, so, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, please remember that the viewpoints and opinions are not reflections directly of their of World Wrestling Entertainment, Ring of Honor, MPJW, NWA, APJW, GCW, ECW, or the following productions. These are merely just opinions held by Pizza Simpson, and we now are going to put three seconds on the clock. We're going to turn up the volume on my iPad, and we are ready, ladies and gentlemen, for... One hot take, August edition. All right, sir. So, three minutes officially start on the clock. It is 4.50 Central Time. Let's get her started, shall we? So, we already discussed Bray Wyatt, but I'd like to discuss something else with you. Let me see if I have my notes. Notes. I'm going to restart the clock because that's not fair. Ah, here we are. So, on this list of articles from my list of articles, okay. So, what what Chris Jericho said, we're officially starting the time now. Vince McMahon said something controversial during his corporate meeting about AEW's latest signing as a former WWE superstars. What is your take on what Jericho's response was to Vince? 
I don't know what Chris Jericho said, but I know he's going to take the contract. I know he's going to take the the opposite approach. And uh, Vince McMahon said that if they're not a they're not a um, they're not a competition to them, and if they want wrestlers, they can have them. I feel that Vince McMahon is being honest. They're not a fucking. They're not a fucking. Um, they're not competition. competition. They're not WCW. Moving on. Okay, so next on the list from my note taking, if my phone would just load. Okay, so what is your take on Alexa Bliss's reaction to Brave Wyatt's release? I don't know what she said, but. I'm sure she was uh, she was upset about it. Uh, Bray Wyatt was a uh, influential character at WWE. He was very smart and he had a lot of feedback in his character. I'm sure that he had a big personality and he gave a lot of suggestions and had a lot of input on eight on uh, Alexa's um, Alexa's character while running together. All right, so last on the list, there was a picture on social media that was shown on the Instagram of Matt Cardona holding a slice of Domino's pizza after his victory off of Nick Cage. What is your thoughts on that? My thoughts is I love that Matt Cardona is the champion of GCW. GCW is a deathmatch is a deathmatch fed and the best he is the he has he's going to get a ton of heat for that company and it's just going to be a lot a lot a lot a lot of fun and I'm glad he is there I'm glad he is doing that and I hope that he gets he sells a lot of t-shirts and he makes a lot of people mad and the rematch where Nick Gage gets his title badge gets his title back, um, sells a lot of tickets. Well, all right. That is the end of One Hot Take. And let's see. Yeah, that was actually pretty good because I did have more articles, but it's okay because, let's see here. (laughs) No, not the question. No, wait. No, no, no. That's not it. There we are. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, this gentleman is amazing. He's a very loyal co-host. But this uncensored take is nothing but his personal opinion and observation has no reflection of the following companies that are in regard to our review. Whether or not we review these companies is up to our discretion. It is up to your discretion that in case there is a format of expensive or, obligato- or is not obligatory but is kind of a knee-jerk reaction to the emotions expressed, concerns, voiced, and opinions formatted. Based on these opinions formatted, there's a not direct reflection upon the superstars or participants in the following companies, AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, APJW. For any further information, you can contact us on social media um, at under, Russell underscore radio on Instagram on Russell Radio Network 
forward slash facebook.com to directly message Pizza on his Instagram and me at underscore Brian Rails. So, ladies and gentlemen, please listen to this amazing segment that I have definitely shaped and, you know, gotten fond of because it is none other than Pizza Simpson's own creation called A Slice of Pizza. So, hang on a second. What the hell is going on with Blog Talk? Well, let me see what's going on. Well, folks, while I'm checking technical difficulties is going on right now, I have no idea what's... Okay. This is weird. Okay, folks, while we're waiting, um, we're going to just shoot the shit while I get... There we go. That's the setting that I want to thank you, Blog Talk, for doing your thing, I guess. All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, let me reintroduce this just very shortly. Please listen to this show. It is worth your time, my time, anyone's time. Slice of pizza. Big one, folks. Slice of Pizza is back again. I finished up GCW's Homecoming. In the last week's episode, I talked about GCW Homecoming where Matt Cardona stole the GCW title in a shocker that was picked up everywhere in an absolutely crazy match, Brian. I'm so, so, so blown back by how wild that death match was that Matt Cardona and Nick Gage pulled off. In this week's edition of A Slice of Pizza, I finished up that weekend, and I watched Hustle Palooza, which was Matt Tremont's fed he he had he had a show and it was a small crowd but the crowd was very 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 lively and then in the first match we had a hybrid title with Reed Walker Brandon Kirk Lucky Thirteen Ryan something Greg Iron and Mike Quest giving you a nice opening six man tag with a, a six man a fatal whatever and after a bunch of moves Greg Iron ended up stealing the win for four four zero keeping the keeping the title with the group. 
In the next match, Bram Sullivan led a teal. Uh, Bram Sullivan led a team of heels to the ring versus Dan O'Hare in a in a nice little in a nice little brawl that saw Bam Sullivan stealing the win from his teammate. In the next match, we got Dylan McKay and Steve Sanders taking on Billy Starks and Marcus Marcus Mathers. Both both are a couple of Matt Tremont, a couple of Matt Tremont's kids. Um, Dylan McKay was the winner after he hit Billy Starks with a shooting star press. In the next match, Nolan Edward defeated Drew Blood. I think that Nolan Edwards, after after telling us that he's going to not be in death matches for a while, if he just decides to have these really good matches with Drew Blood, like he did with Drew Blood, I think he's going to. I think he's going to really have some good shit in, line, in store for us. In the next match, we got. Dylan, Dylan, um, Dylan, something winning in a fatal four-way. He's now the he's now the number one contender for the Danny Havoc Hardcore Title. I can't wait to see Declan uh, Declan Grant. That, sorry, I picked it up there. Declan Grant taking on Atticus Kogar in, in the near future. Four four zero was next up with the team of. The team of um, Bobby Beverly, the Bev, and Eric Ryan taking on Jimmy Lyon and Mickey Knuckles. Mickey Knuckles coming back from uh, taking some time off. This was just one of those ECW-style fights with a bunch of chairs and all kinds of cool shit like that. In one of the co-main events, Atticus Kolgar is defending the Danny Havoc hardcore title against Kennedy Copeland. Kennedy Copeland might be coming up on the losing losing streak of some of her matches, but she's always getting better and having a bunch of bunch of bunch of bunch of bunch of show stealing matches after uh, pretty much taking a kind of an ass kicking though. Atticus Kolgar defeats. Um, Kennedy Copeland after jamming a bunch of fucking skewers her head and um, kicking her, kicking a chair in her head and shit. It was pretty stiff. But uh, Atticus, Atticus retains. Austin Luke defeats Tony Depp and in the main event of Hustle Palooza, Ricky Shane Page defending the the H2O heavyweight title defeats G Raver. This match wasn't as bloody where we saw a bunch of glass and a bunch of stuff like that. And we saw this worked out like an old school and gave a good story and worked to someone actually getting put into the casket. And the, in, in, uh, Eddie only, who has disappeared from the 440 faction makes his return and interferes and costs G Raver the match and and after uh the 440 faction is celebrating and t- you know telling everyone fuck you we just beat we just beat this dickhead G Raver 
um, the four four I mean the four four zero faction was chased out of the ring by the H two O locker room that was that was later challenged by White Trash Forever, and to close the show, um, Matt Cordona's no sorry that's a uh, another that's another show we'll get to that. The other show I reviewed was GCW's Homecoming Night Two. Which Brian, which was the complete opposite of Homecoming Night One. Homecoming Night One was a great show, and there was nothing wrong with Night Two, but Night Two was definitely a lot more laid back and not as bloody. GCW Homecoming Night Two started off with Jordan Oliver taking on Jack Cartwheel. Um, Jordan worked the ever-flippy Jack Cartwheel's leg, and Jordan picked up the win with the figure four. Jordan Oliver very much reminds me of Trent Acid. Very smooth in the ring, which I really like. Starboard Charlie was next up against Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham is one of the best pure grapplers in the game right now. And if you want to get a point of reference, he's on par with Brian Danielson 2004 or Zach Sabre Jr. currently. Jonathan Gresham picks up the win after Starboard Charlie puts Gresham in the figure four and Gresham reverses and reverses the, the pain of the figure four onto Starboard and wins the match. Next up was the the tag team title match, Ninja Mac and Dante Leon versus the second gear crew of Mance Warner and Matthew Justice. This was just a pure ass kicking. This was just this was just Mancer and Matthew Justice kicking the shit out of these two guys. These two guys got some nice flips in. Ninja Mac is definitely someone you should keep your eye on, and if you like flips and whatnot, you'll definitely like this guy's matches. But Second Gear Crew picks up the win with the Powerplex, which was was the Superplex Splash Combo. I enjoyed that match. Next up was the Cesar Bayoni versus Chris Dickinson match. This was nearly nothing to write home about. But Chris Dickinson from Ring of Honor beats AEW Cesar Bioni with an ankle lock. And in one of the main events, Bobby Janela defeats Atticus Kogar. But this was definitely... This definitely was wild right away with a bunch of glass and a bunch of wild shit, just really, really cool shit. Atticus eats a fucking... Atticus eats a fucking double stomp while he was under the he was under the glass, so Joey had to fucking stomp it. Atticus Kilgard takes the pin when he eats a superplex through glass that was on tables that was on a door, so it was kind of like a glass door combo. This was this was this was a good show. This was a wrestling show. 
up to up until this point, but it was nice to see some glass and blood. Next up, we got Shane Mercer and Kyle the Beast versus Kyle. Uh, I'm sorry, Cole Radrick and Braden Lee. This was a hot start, and we got Cole Radrick and Braden Lee trying to kick these guys' asses, but. Kyle and Mercer are really mm-hmm. fucking strong, and uh, this was a bunch of flippy shit, you know. This was, was this was something that you've uh, seen before, and uh, Kyle the Beast and Shane Mercer pick up the win uh, after uh, a, su- a belly to belly suplex into a power bomb. I really like that finish. That was really fucking cool. In the next match, Allie Catch versus Penelope Ford. I fast-forwarded that, but Penelope Ford picked up the win. In the main event, Drew Parker, who was coming off his epic, epic, epic fucking match against Alex Cologne, where he picked up the GCW Ultraviolet Championship or whatever the fuck it's called, he was defending his double championship, the GCW and Big Japan title versus Jimmy Lloyd. Glass right away, my friend. And uh, Jimmy Lloyd came out with some some syringes and uh, ended up putting them through uh, Drew Parker's cheek and nose. That was pretty fucking gross, but Drew Parker returned the favor by doing a curb stomp on Jimmy Lloyd's face through glass and then punching a fucking then punching a fucking uh, gusset plate into his head. It was pretty gross, but uh, somehow Jimmy Lloyd returns the favor with a package pile driver. Man, they're beating the shit out of each other. A Liger bomb through glass, and uh, we saw a sunset flip. We saw a sunset flip off a ladder through glass. If I'm telling you something, you should just assume it's on to something that's going to cause more pain. Then Parker did some shit off. Drew Parker is a maniac. Let me repeat that. Drew Parker is a maniac. He fucking did something off a ladder and then picks up the win with a swanton bomb, uh, with a swanton bomb with uh, Jimmy Lloyd being under the glass. What a way to finish up a wild weekend. That that was the main event, but it was announced that it was announced that four four zero. The team of 440 will be taking on Nick Gage's crew at the Chicago GCW shows as GCW makes his return to the Midwest and the Chicagoland area. My friends, that is a slice of pizza. Thank you. Pizza Simpson, if you didn't catch... That end of the episode, you can always download it free on iTunes, Slice of Pizza segment, everything from AEW to SmackDown Live Review. Thank you, Pizza, so much for insight about Homecoming Night Live. I bet you know what, dude? Like, everything that was said on the segment was by far a letter to the T. And, you know, I really, I'm myself too, dude. I'm surprised that Matt Cardona and Nick Gage are working 
over the audience. It's just by far one of the best pieces of work. I think this is as good for him, and it just gives him a chance to be creative and to really get out of his comfort zone. And there's a lot of money in T-shirts now. That's true because not only can you get the shirts at maybe Adam Spencer's or Hot Topic, but you can also go to Pro Wrestling Tees for all your favorite Pro Wrestling T-shirts. That's right, folks. You heard it first live here on Wrestle Radio Network. You can get t-shirts that are one of your favorite stars that may not be as big deal, so you can go on their design. You can go on their page, and you can um, and you can order it. I don't know what color you may want. I just got a question on our Instagram that asked, can I customize the color? That's as to what colors it comes in. So um, if you have any further questions, you can contact the owner through Instagram or Twitter or whatever social media they allow you to contact with. But, yes. Anyways, long story short, T-shirts are going to sell like pancakes at a freaking pancake rally or whatever at church. I don't know what your pancake breakfast. There we go. Okay. Anyways, I digress. I must be hungry. Anyways, thank you, Pizza Simpson, for joining us here on Wrestle Radio Network. And that is it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the last 20 minutes is to be dedicated to one and only off the rails uncensored. If anyone has any questions, conflicting concerns, like I said, the social media handles are listed on directly on the Instagram and linked on the Twitter. So, if I get everyone's attention, please, do I have your attention, please? Time to listen and listen well. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. going on in professional wrestling that has happened before, except for on a much more grander scale, such as releases, thoughts, processing things, grievings. So what am I going to talk about exactly today? Am I going to elaborate on Wyatt? Am I going to keep going and talk about nothing in a nonsensical circle? No, folks, I'm well rested, and I'm going to talk to you about, well, Mask mandates for live events, but this is going to be awkward. Try to get 86,000 people or 78,000 people for SummerSlam this year in 2021 at Allegiant Stadium to wear a mask the entire time that you're watching a show. Also, I noticed in an article that live in a Texas show, you know, they weren't allowed to take pictures. So, how does that emit what's going on right now in the world of uh, pandemic? And three, I don't know about you all, but, I mean, if they're not canceling live events, that's good news for wrestling companies. Four, let's see here. 
We heard about all the releases currently from WWE. Some of the names are impactful. Some of the names are not so impactful. But from what I understand and what I gather from a mental perspective is that these releases may be a good thing for the person being released. There's a lot of times when wrestling can seem very boring and pointless and man why did I tune this tune in this week why can't you know there be an exciting story that gets me going gets my blood pumping well like in anything sometimes your favorite baseball team or your favorite football team doesn't win all the time and sometimes it's difficult to watch your favorite team because they're not winning and how does this tie in with professional wrestling it does. I'll tie it in somehow. Some of the releases that have been duly noted, like Ric Flair, or you know Matt Cardona's release, it happened to be the best thing for these people because they're a lot happier. It's like you know leaving a job that is absolutely pointless and winds you around and keeps you know. Giving you dead end after dead end. Are you going to stay at that job? No. You're going to get your ass up and you're going to look on your computer for a job opening and you're going to go after one that fits what you're looking for for the time being until you get your actual job job. There's people in this world of professional wrestling that most likely are not going to sit there and complain and drone on and on and on about how the company they are working for is such a fucking drag. I don't think Bray Wyatt ever complained. I mean, come to think of it, maybe he was frustrated because he didn't get what was coming. And that was, according to my colleague, Hey, Other releases like Matt Cardona or, uh, I mean... Look at what happened to Britt Baker. She became a phenomenon, even though I'm not a really big fan of her. She became something that was bigger and badder than what she was when she was in WWE. There's plenty of names. Okay, FTR, Sean Spears, the list goes on. I mean, if I think on it, there's a whole bunch of releases, and yeah, I've heard about it. I'm sick of hearing about it. But what can you do? I mean, it passes on your news feed. It goes through your Instagram highlights. There's just... I just want to point out there's a lot of fucking pains in the asses that sit there and complain about so-and-so never getting the spotlight that they so equally deserved. The only reason I did that for Bray Wyatt is because the dude actually did deserve accolade and he did deserve praise. It's just, what do you want uh, Vince and them to do? Their hands are fucking tied. Just like if Edge was to be released. Or I don't think Roman Reigns would ever be released, but come to think of it, we've heard about releases. We've heard about exit stage left. You know, sometimes being let go opens the door for other opportunities. It also gives people a therapeutic sense of relief. Like, man, I no longer have to walk on eggshells or, gee, you know, this dreaded feeling of waking up in the morning not feeling satisfied is going to go away. 
in wrestling, you're on the road. Now you're on the road. You can officially say you're on the road because it's been pandemic and there really hasn't been that much travel involved. What I'm going to close with is in wrestling, you're not guaranteed a long term unless you work your ass off for it. Then it becomes, okay, should I remain comfortable? Should I constantly evolve my gimmick? Because how a release is determined in wrestling is just like saying, I know that when the dentist takes a fucking needle and brings it to numb my gums, it's going to feel great, said no one ever. Sometimes guys take releases pretty hard. And they never fully recover from it. Ultimate Warrior, God rest his soul, anyone? But, I mean, he never fully recovered, but he did have a gym, so that's why. There's some people that have been forgotten in professional wrestling. Like, uh, gee, I don't know. When the releases back in the 80s, it was, a, it was a rarity, and it was because of something controversial that happened. And I'll give you a prime example. David Schultz, anyone, Dr. D, not Steve Williams, but he literally was the embodiment of a pre-Stone Cold Steve Austin, redneck hillbilly from Memphis, that when he was released, it was because of his controversy with a consumer reporter, John Stossel. And the reason I'm using this analogy, folks, is because when you're released in professional wrestling, you have skill to bring you elsewhere. And if some companies get wind of your release, they can pay you. It may not be as grandiose as what the previous company paid you, but there's sense. There is a sense of closure, clarity, and inner peace because there's no sense in getting all worked up because, well, I just got released. Fuck, what am I going to do? I don't speak for every wrestler that's ever been fired, released, gone through the ringer, what have you. But what I can tell you is that sometimes the articles that come out, it's just repeating what the other article repeated, but in a different context with different words thrown, swapped all together. And we've heard a lot about it because some of you have messaged us through Instagram, even through my Twitter, and... All I can say is, it is what it is. That's wrestling for you. We've closed another chapter in this edition of Wrestle Radio Network. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, I will be sure to answer them. Live and living color. That's all I'm going to say, folks. So if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails or my loyal, loyal co-host had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Thank you for the listeners in Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Toronto. Love you, Montreal. We want our Canadian listeners to come back, please, pretty please, with it with an exposed turnbuckle on top. Just kidding. Anyways, um, toodles, bitches. I got to uh, get some shut eye. Just worked a full shift, man. Anyways, uh, if you want to listen to us, tune in on every Wednesday and every Saturday. Wednesdays at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Saturdays, depending on the time to be announced. 
but we will inform you upon when that time would be. Friday, it may depend on when Pizza Sense and availability is. So, all right. That'll do us. Join the show and listen again for you and like to dig it. Just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.